Pass, 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 pass. Pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi everyone, it's your host Nina from Past the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a returning guest. Uh, he is the host of the First Generations Podcast. Check that out on Spotify, iTunes, and basically anywhere you can find a podcast. And my good friend, Aaron, back on the show. Hey Aaron, what's up? Hey, uh, not much. How are you doing, Nina? Thanks for having me on the show. I'm good, I'm good. Thanks so much for asking. Yeah, I know, like, since the last time we've spoken, like, you didn't have a podcast, and now you do. And I just wanted to ask you how that whole process is going yeah so uh i guess that process has been quite interesting because whenever it was first on your show i the thought of a podcast was still you know a, literally a thought in my head and i just really wanted i guess i was in the stages of getting it started and established but yeah i know like with this podcast opportunity i was able to essentially meet a lot of good cool people interview a lot of cool people and you know just hear lots of people's life stories right so and i'm not sure like your listeners uh your listeners probably don't know but my podcast it is a podcast that's designed to help or it's empower listeners to recognize what's important to them and to follow their goals and dreams right and by doing this uh my podcast we i basically essentially interview successful people or people that pave their own path and definition of success through their own terms right so even me being a podcast host and interviewing these people and inspiring people, it's, it's just been awesome. And, you know, I'm on my seventh episode and I'm still going. So it's, it's totally fun, right? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's awesome. I feel like your podcast is almost the antithesis of mine because I just interview regular people. <laughs> And we just talk about regular shit. Whereas like you get like directors and like authors and like life coaches and military and all the works on your podcast. So yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I wouldn't think it like that though. I think personally, I think everybody has a story, right? It just so happens that my guests that I reach out to that people that do reach out back to me, to, to me are like authors or, you know, they're, they're, decorated i guess if that's the term <laughs> yes that is uh sure i don't know so this episode i was thinking it can kind of be almost like an informal follow-up to my last episode which i had with jack and with jack's episode it's called dating asian girls if you're interested in listening to that one uh, he talks about his previous dating history he is a chinese canadian who um, only dates Asian girls, but also feels like Asian girls or Asian guys kind of have a disadvantage when it comes to dating white girls because of their race. And um, Aaron, you are a Chinese Canadian and you have had experience dating women from all different races. So I think it'd be kind of good to get your perspective on, you know, like the stereotypical Asian men aren't attractive and they're unable to get like white women or whatever and stuff like that. So First off, I just wanted to, to know uh, what your opinion was on the sentiment that exists uh, that Asian men are seen as undesirable. How do you feel about that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, pers personally, I've never had that thought in my head. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard of this statistic being thrown out there by either like a lot of colleagues or friends of mine. Like, okay, or Cupid. Yeah, so like def definitely this statistic is 
um, out there, but I personally don't believe in the statistic. Mm-hmm. I think it, I, I really think that for any Asian guys that are out there listening to this and, and uh, if they truly believe in this, in this statistic, I will say in my deepest opinion that you are letting a number and, and a statistic that is, you know, def- you're letting a number, a stupid number define you on who, what you're able or what you're capable of, you know, dating or who you're capable of dating, you know, like, I just, I just think it's a very self-defeating mentality to even allow this statistic to, you know, get in your place, right? So I, I personally don't believe in this. And I think it, it just rolls more to that more instead of just race itself, right? I think there's other factors like confidence, um, the, the way you communicate, your mannerisms, your gestures, you know, like what you, what you give out, uh, instead of just, you know, your skin color and your eye shape or something like that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You're, you're totally. You know, it's so funny. I know you're like a huge mindset guy and your whole podcast is like mindset is everything. And I don't think you're wrong. And I was just like, I wonder how long it's going to take for him to bring up like mindset or mentality. And Aaron, it's four minutes. So <laughs> you're, oh, <well. laughs> you're, you're true to yourself, I, which is good. Like, like, and I'll say this too, like, don't get me wrong. Like, mm. obviously there are, there are racist people there. There are also stereotypes, right? So obviously you're going to have, let's say you're, you're, you're a white person. That's not going to like Asian people or, you know, you're a white person. That's not going to like black guys or black guys or you're black people that don't like Asian people and Asian people not liking, you know, uh, people of other colors as well right Mm -hmm. so like uh, but i just don't again going back to that statistic like don't let don't let that define who you are you know Mm -hmm. totally no no yeah it's a it's just like a sentiment that's been um widely spread because we are existing in canada which is a very uh, caucasian dominated place uh what do you think about the sentiment that white women are seen as the most desirable race of women from your opinion as an Asian man? Um, <laughs> you can say, I, yeah, I, they're I, hot. That's fine. There's no like wrong answer like it, to this. It, it really depends. Like, right. Like if you were to ask me in North America, if you look at like social media mm-hmm. and just media, I guess in media in general, right? Like you even have your supermodels and whatsoever. Like we have been, or most, most of the, models out there are you know your your caucasian females right Mm -hmm. and that's that has a lot to do with where we are currently at so we're in canada we're obviously in a a white dominant country right Mm -hmm. so obviously that being said you're gonna have the majority of your models or people that are gonna be in your like your media streams that are super attractive are are most likely gonna be white females so in that sense, like, yeah, like they're, they're friggin' hot. Like, but I also think that, you know, Asian, when it comes to like Asian, Asian girls like that, they're friggin' hot too. Like even African girls, like black girls, they're friggin' hot too. Like you look at, look at Beyonce, right? You look at Beyonce, look at Blake Lively. You look at like, uh, what's that girl from Crazy Rich Asians? Like Gamma, Gamma Chan or uh, like you have mm-hmm. beautiful people of all races, in my opinion. So it's just that because we live in North America, you know, obviously the, Caucasian races highlighted more, right? I love it. You just perfectly demonstrated and proved that you are a straight male. <laughs> You're like all women are hot from all races. <laughs> like you know, you know that saying, right? There's like, there's like it, it's like you know how like people that are racist they they tend to paintbrush a certain stereotype or stigma towards a certain race, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like 
it's like it, t- it seems to me that a lot of us like when i say us a lot of people tend to do that with females as well when it comes to the dating game but like it's not true you can't just say like let's say all east indian girls are unattractive that's that's not true at all like mm-hmm. frick like they're actually one you know like if you look at their like miss india like one of their they're she's probably like one of the most attractive girls i've ever seen right so but you're using like but that's a really bad example though Aaron, because you're using like miss india you use miss anywhere in the world she's going to be attractive you know what i mean but i guess what people are are saying when they're being like a little bit uh stereotypical i guess we could say ignorant is that um they would say in general that group because i've heard many asian guys say to me like i don't find black girls attractive Right. I think they're masculine. Like I've heard a lot of Asian guys say that. Right. So I think there is like a race thing. Like I think in an ideal world, we're like, yeah, race doesn't matter. People are human. We're all like we all are right on the inside, whatever. But I think when it comes down to it, race is a very real thing. And I've talked to a lot of Asian guys, too, that would love to date a white girl. But they're I don't know. They're unable to. But um, that's why I find it interesting talking to you today, because you have uh i don't know if you would have a long dating history i don't really know your dating history but um i would say that you have experienced dating white women and um i would like you to share how did like was it when you first dated your ex who was white uh like how did you get her was that was race ever an issue things like that Yeah, of course. Well, I kind of want to go back, you know, how you say like a lot of you said a lot of Asian guys want to date a white girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, let me ask the question. Why do you want to date a white girl? Like, that'll be my question. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's let's just let's just reflect on it. Like, do you want to fuck a white girl? Is that why? Like, or do you want to put them on a pedestal? Like, like, why do you want to date a white girl? Right. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like if you're saying it's kind of like. Yeah, if you're saying, oh, I just want to date, date a white girl because she's white, like, you don't even know what her personality is going to be like totally. and, and so on and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, uh, t- t- I guess to, you know, I don't know. a little bit of information. Yeah, I, I would say a lot of guys, like, Asian guys say they want to date a white girl. Like, they want to have that card in the bank you know what i mean they're like okay i've done that like i've i've achieved a a specific level of attractiveness that i can land a white girl even in korean there's a there's a phrase that goes like mounting the white horse you know what i mean and i'm sure in like different languages there's some equivalent to that as well like uh white women are seen as like the qualifiers of um making a man feel attractive you know what i mean blonde hair blue eyes like that is a dream for many men that aren't white i find right i think now it's changing a little bit but i think that has kind of been the gold standard you know what i mean okay yeah no i, I can totally see that too mm-hmm. now i guess uh to to progress on with your question too like just a little bit dating history or my past dating history uh i've only dated two girls in my life in my whole life like seriousness <laughs> oh snap i didn't know that so my the, the first girl i've dated was actually vietnamese and oh, how long had, did you guys date for? We had a two and a half year relationship. Oh, wow. Dang it. And this was like super, when I was like super young, probably 18. Yeah, I was like 18. Sorry, I was 17 to 20 around when I was around 17 to 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And then after that was when uh, so after that was my second relationship where um, she was caucasian and specifically she was like half german and half irish and for Mm -hmm. that that's been that was like a seven and a half 
to eight year relationship. Like it got to the point where we got married and then now I'm divorced now, right? So <laughs> my condolences. <laughs> like, uh, it's so rough. Like maybe we can talk about divorce later on in the episode, but yeah. Sorry, go on. To sum it up, I'm not I'm not a real love expert or a dating guru. I haven't dated as many <laughs> You're not Jack <laughs> people out there. I, I'm sorry. So is, is that what Jack is? Jack is a love guru, self-proclaimed love guru. Shout out to Jack and Diu Pod. <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, yeah, just a disclaimer too. Like, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna give you advice. Like, whatever I say, <laughs> don't take it as advice. It's like it's from me learning from my failures or or me like finding out what works and what doesn't work in the times during the times I was in the relationships. So. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. What worked for me may not work for you, right? Your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I guess you want you would want me to dive into deeper. Dive let's talk deeper about into... it. Let, let's let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about. So uh, it's cool that you dated a Viet girl, Viet Pride. Shout out to all of your people out there. After you broke up with your Vietnamese girlfriend, was were you like, oh, I. I don't want to date Viet girls anymore because you know like sometimes it's I, I meet people that get like that like I like for me I'd be like okay I'm never gonna date guys with this name anymore like after I have a bad experience you know what I mean or no guys that have like this job you know so oh totally. yeah so so after your breakup with your Viet girlfriend were you like okay no Viet girls because I totally understand and I wouldn't be offended if you said that. no so a- after that like it didn't work out right obviously it didn't work out but I wasn't like oh I'm not dating no longer dating be it girls or i'm not going to ever date a woman or a girl with the name first name jennifer or you know their last name you know i'm not like that definitely not like that i mm-hmm. i i felt that if i did do that it was it was not really true to myself right and mm-hmm. to be quite honest like you know there's that saying where like again going back to you know that stigma i don't want to paintbrush every viet girl because not every viet girl is the same right like we all have different upbringings and whatsoever so but yeah like so after that happened i was like you know what i need to take some time i need to work on myself and heal right Mm -hmm. so essentially i didn't really have that mindset of oh who i'm going to date again i didn't even have the i didn't even think about dating again to be quite honest Mm -hmm. um instead of always me wasting my or i went maybe wasting is a harsh harsh word but like i didn't instead of me wasting my time chasing someone again to especially when i myself am not ready mm-hmm. i i just worked on myself you know i did what i loved like i went back to focus on fitness like i played basketball i was doing my martial arts and i was pretty content guy mm-hmm. and i guess this was when i was still being super positive and focusing on myself this was when i met my second my second well girlfriend at the time and this was where it kind of occurred organically like it there wasn't like I wasn't chasing her because you know there's that saying where if you're chasing somebody or if you're chasing something you're obviously following that person but that person is also not standing fixed at one point they're also running away from you right because that's technically something like you're chasing right right (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean so it it definitely was not like that like we met at a friends a mutual friends birthday party and you know we got we got to talking i'm and so excited i love love it's, stories it's, <laughs> it's essentially like yeah no we we ended up talking and i ended up shooting a shooting her a text uh probably i think two or three weeks after because we were we had we had like a lot of different conversations right and mm-hmm. this text was like a follow-up text on this conversation just to see how things are and um yeah or basically we just started dating afterwards like we we started going out to the cafes and we're like hey you want to go watch watch a movie and it it just happened organically we just started like hanging out together 
and spending a lot more time together in that in that sense. What, right? When you were first dating, um, and you're walking out with her in in public, you know she's white and you're Asian. Did you notice like different stares or or like did you get any sort of backlash? Because I know you live in Alberta, and I know and and the, I think the area you live in Alberta is pretty like white. Is that correct? Yeah, you could say it's pretty conservative. It's it's I'll I'll, I'll use the word uh, or the term conservative. <laughs> so so when you would go out in public with her, uh, did you notice any sort of um, stares, anything that you might not have had when you were went out with that Viet girl? Uh yeah, I've definitely been. I've witnessed a lot of hate. I've seen like you know, uh there's definitely a lot of different stares. I wouldn't just say stairs because even different. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure like people will like people that have been in, in, in a relationship will attest to like, let's say if you're with someone, the fact that if you're, you're being happy and you're holding their hand or you're walking down the same mall, like Metro town or something like you're going to get mm-hmm. stares regardless. Cause you're both, you're happy and your other girlfriend's happy and PDA. you guys are giving away good, good vibes. Right. So <laughs> there'll be good stares. Right. So, but uh, to answer your question, yeah, I've, I've felt like, good stairs like awkward stairs bad stairs and um yeah i guess it's definitely weird because like usually the the scenario is it's usually the white guy dating an asian girl right totally 100 <laughs> percent. and and then you have like like me this little motherfucker that's like uh <laughs> break, breaking stereotypes up in here <laughs> right I, I guess breaking stereotypes like blonde hair blue eye like your mm-hmm. your slim figure and shit like that right mm-hmm. so um but yeah no definitely i've gone i've gone some really good positive like stares even positive energy but i've definitely like definitely like had people come up to me be like oh like they're giving racist remarks or giving like that hate stare or glare right what what kind of racist things have they said to you regarding you dating someone who isn't asian like this this is a really good one this is a big one i get a lot like it's basically they'll say really like really you can't go find someone else your race (gasps) that's rude but you you know like at the end of the day though it's like i live this life for myself right and obviously my spouse uh, my my girlfriend at that time so like whatever they say it it doesn't really impact me right because for a fact like obviously what i'm doing is what i'm doing i'm being me and i'm keeping it real but the fact that it bothers someone else that much where like you know this guys or this these people are out there judging me which is fine like you're free to judge and uh, no offense taken, like you're judging me because you have no better, you have nothing else better to fucking do. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're out, you're out there being unhappy and being salty, which is fine again. But like, really, like you're, you're, you're giving me your energy when you could actually use that energy yourself to better yourself or to, to fix maybe an issue that you're dealing with or whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is out of jealousy or out of racism or whatever it is, but um, yeah, that's something I've never really like let impact me but on my spouse for my spouse on the other hand that's i have seen that impact her yeah how, how did she take it because like oh man i need to get a white girl that's dated a asian guy in the podcast because i want to hear her point of view um yeah how, how did that affect her and, and how did that affect how did that make you feel seeing you know just people um coming at you just because you guys have a different skin color yeah so um obviously with her being white she she didn't see most or she didn't see although she was like a victim of it, like most of the hate and whatsoever was more so directed at me. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, she's the white girl. Right. So she's, well, she's the woman, she's, right. She's the, she's the woman, yeah. right. She's, 
she's the pure one it's it's not you know like, <laughs> she's the innocent one you're the you're the yeah, evil the, guy the, the pure and innocent one i somehow kidnapped her and brainwashed her to date me right <laughs> <laughs> exactly Aaron. <laughs> but um no it, it definitely impacted her and it impacted her because um you know first for first of all like it just showed like the reality of our world and she just couldn't believe it. Right. She couldn't really believe that. Hey, people like this. Um, there are people like this uh, that are just hating just cause they got nothing else better to do. Right. They're hating on other people, other people's lives. Oh my God. And... Wait. So, so were you the one that kind of like introduced racism to her? Like because of you, she understood what racism was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can say, I think you could say so. (laughs) It's, 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 it's my fault, man. It's definitely my fault. You know, look at what you're doing. You're ruining. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's just so funny that like, um, before her dating you, she didn't really see the world as racist. Cause obviously if you're white in a place that's mostly white people, you're not really going to notice it. So yeah. Well, let, let me put let me put it this way. Like she also went to high school like when during her teens, like she grew up in Texas, like Houston, Texas. Like oh, so that's cool. so I, I wouldn't say that she I can't say that she didn't witness racism, but I just think that it didn't hit her as close hit as close to home for her, right? Oh yeah, totally. So but like yeah, going back to it, like she it would impact her initially at first, but you know like again like there are times where someone will come up to my face and say something and you know for me i personally don't back like i don't i'm not a type of person i'll just take it in the face right i'll let's i responded you got something to say like what what do you want to do like what's your point right like i just don't believe in speaking back yeah (laughs) why why not why why would you not stick up for yourself no i love it i love it i think the the reason that asian men are seen as um more feminine is that a lot of Asians in general, not just Asian men, but like we don't fight back, especially when people are, are aggressive towards us. So you're bringing well, you're bringing I, all the stereotypes. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say fight like fight is when you say fight I'd say like I would I would imagine fist fighting right but it's it's more so taking a stand for yourself right you can't just take it in the face and you know let let that happen and if anything else like if you're i personally find that if if someone says something rude or a rude comment to me whatsoever like yeah i can let it go but if i let it go without saying anything and what i say doesn't have to be necessarily toxic as well right Mm -hmm. if someone says like oh like oh like really you're dating a white girl whatsoever so on so on like i could sometimes i respond oh yeah man thank you thank you for the compliment man like we're we, we love, I think we're a lovely couple and we'll make beautiful children and that'll just piss them off even more, you know? <laughs> like you, Pouring you gasoline you gotta, into screw, the fire. <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, you, you can take these different approaches, right? So, definitely, like, going back to it, like, at first, it definitely affected my ex. Like, you had people confronting me or you had people just, uh, you know, they'll say something, but they'll they'll walk away while, I'm, while my back is turned and whatsoever. But as time went by, you know, um, I think because we were, we had that connection and we were we were committed to the point where like our confidence we just i don't know we just reflected back with one another and we were just po- feeding off each other's positive energy at the time right mm-hmm. what was race ever a factor in your relationship in terms of like um it being like a point of contention i would definitely not say so like mm-hmm. like think about it if if let's say if uh you put someone else let's say if if some 
other race or some other girl that's a different race was in the same position as her mm-hmm. and I still did the test, it it would still be the same. Like personally, personally, I don't really like looking at race because again, it's it's a lot of paintbrushing, it's a lot of stereotyping, and I just feel that those are things that kind of hinder us from growing and, and making our world a better place, right? Yeah, but I think my question is like, like obviously you guys don't care because you're dating each other. You know what I mean? Like race, like you guys are like this doesn't matter. We we like each other so much that we're gonna engage in this relationship. Uh, what I mean is like you know you come from a Chinese family, we're immigrants, and she has a white family. Like like were your parents okay with you guys being in a relationship? And did they have any qualms or anything to say about it? Oh, okay. My bad, Nina. My bad. I was totally not listening there. I was selectively listening. No worries. No worries. And for all you, for all you people out there, when you're in marriage, that's that's when you learn a lesson or selectively listen. Oh snap! <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, don't don't take advice from me. That's that's why my marriage failed. This this, this episode is going to be called "Don't Take Advice from Aaron." <laughs> yeah, don't don't take advice from me. But um, yeah, no, there's definitely differences. Like. Uh, I would say that my both my mom and dad they're more on the liberal side, uh, definitely. But my mom, she's like the I think I take after the most, and she's, you know, she's definitely one of my role models. My mom was one of the females in her in a traditional family that stood up at, stood up for herself. Like awesome, it, how did she were, do that? There were she just had her she was just a strong free will. Like they were obviously she faced resistance from like the, her brother's old, older and younger brother. Like I've even had this point in time where my mom was, um, sorry, if I, if I go back, mm-hmm. there's this point in time where my mom's younger brother, which, which my uncle, I guess he was being lippy and it got to the point where he was saying some things that are very unjustified to my grandma. Now my mom didn't take no for an answer and she hated, hated that. So she basically stood up for my grandma and she just lit him up. Now, oh my my, yeah, she lit him up so bad to the point where my uncle was like, fuck, are you are you serious? And like he was about to lay a hand on her. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's how that's how uh, liberal my mom is. And that's she believes in freedom. And like, she, you know, like she, I think she would be like your feminist, like your ideal. feminist. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And and to that point, that's that's so from that aspect, like that's my mom's super liberal and she was totally cool with it mm-hmm. okay so like my dad's a little bit more traditional but he's still also like a fairly liberal traditional if you know what i mean so he he just knew that because it was my decision he's got he can't really do anything or say anything right and um my relationship with my dad's a little bit different so if um again it's like if he says anything that you know offends me or just pisses me off it's like he knows i'm gonna light him up Man, how did you end up with such liberal parents? <laughs> Seriously, I don't get it. Yeah, so like, oh, so from my mom and dad's side, like, yeah, well, actually, from my mom and dad, they were super cool. But if you're to dive into like my aunts or my uncles, mm-hmm. different story, right? Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where I just cut them out of my life because they were like, oh, like, you, if you go date a white girl or marry a white girl, she's going to cheat on you and she's going to take all your money. Oh my and, God. Know, all, all, all these stereotypical things, right? So oh for me, God. I was like, I was like, I don't need your negative energy. You can get the fuck away, right? Right. <laughs> so, energy vampire, much? I know, right? So and so basically, if on that side, that's how it was. Now, if you were to ask me about my ex's parents, like they were super liberal, even even like for being down in Texas for so long, mm-hmm. right? They're not at that as conservative, 
and they were just supportive parents i put it that way they're very supportive of their daughter and her their daughter's decisions damn did that make you jealous a little bit every time i see white people with super supportive parents i'm like damn that could have been me in another life <laughs> um it, in a sense like it it did make me jealous well, i wouldn't say it made me jealous it opened my eyes to how like a better way of parenting right because mm. you know i grew up like the way i was parented during my upbringing it's like don't speak unless you're spoken to and obviously my dad like it's about it was about survival right like your dad like it, they don't spend much time with you or same with my mom right my mom was always working my dad was working so like they're doing their own thing and they're trying to give their kids a better or me and my, my sister and i a better living so in that sense there was no real spending quality time together having a real conversation learning to have a conversation mm-hmm. you know learning how to listen and talk about some like quality topics right whereas i saw that in my with my ex-in-laws like yeah they they would talk a lot like it was very open with their conversations they'll talk about dating they'll talk about sex like it was it was just it's instead of like that you know um how should i put it instead of that instead of that maybe that fascist or dictatorship relationship <laughs> that normal you know Asian I mean? parents have with their children yeah, yeah i know exactly yeah you know it's, it's like it's like it's it's like that hierarchy it, it was like for them it's like we're we don't just want to be your parents we want to be your best friend right right so seeing that happen it showed me hey there's actually another way that could that could be <laughs> yeah. effectively used the parent right You're like this is but, allowed <laughs> yeah your like are allowed to be I, your friend now, obviously, like, there's also, I'm not saying that's, like, the good way. Like, there's pros and cons to that way, too. Like, I'm right. not sure if I ever told you my story, but, like, one of my first friends I've ever ever, I've ever met when I came, moved to Edmonton, like, when I went to his house, his mom told him to clean his room, and he was like, fuck you, mom, I'll do it later. Now, that's, that's like, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> you know? And you're like, uh, are you going to die today? <laughs> yeah, it's like. You know, that's like, you know, that's like the spatula to the face or like uh, one of those like flip flop sandals to your head. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like her, her, her parents were going back to her. I mean, my ex-wife's parents were super, super supportive. Like and luckily, like, um, let's say my the father in law, my, my ex father in law at that time, he was also an accountant. So he knew what like what I was going through in terms of the like, career wise. Right and he, he was also a musician so i was able to vibe with him a lot mm-hmm. and to even go, f- go to go even further they like her side of the family even her aunts her uncles her grandma they were super welcome warm and welcoming and i think the reason for that too is because my um at her side of the family she has an uncle that has an asian wife so technically we're not like like our relationship was not that first mixed or interracial relationship, right? <laughs> you weren't there first. <laughs> I wasn't there first to plant the seed, unfortunately. <laughs> I guess you guys being from different races, it just kind of showed you like uh, how different things were run. Do you ever know if your ex like commented on, you know, your Asian family being maybe a little more conservative or was that just never the case? Oh, hell, of course. Yeah, like... So one thing I'm not sure if a lot of Asian or Asian people can relate. So right now it's gone to the point we're in a technology age. And let's say when it comes to like eating, having a family dinner, a lot of, I find a lot of Asian people, we're on our phones, right? We're not having quality conversations. We're not putting our phones down. We're not actually 
having eye contact. We're not listening to each other. We, our presence is actually not actually there. Mm-hmm. Our presence is with the cell phone itself or whatever app we're playing, yeah. right? So like she definitely commented on that. And that was something, that was definitely a habit like I had to work on and get rid of too. Because like now if you think about it, like if if I'm having a, let's say if I'm out to lunch or dinner with a couple of friends, and if we're con- conversing, like in the group of us, if there's one, that one friend that's on his phone all the time and he's not contributing to the conversation, mm-hmm. like that'll piss me off. Like it's gone, gone to that point because it's like, hey, like why, why the hell are you out here to eat with us in the first place? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like spending that quality time, right? So that's that's one of the biggest things. But um, she was, yeah, no, she was super cool with my mom and dad. And my mom and dad were, again, they were they were super supportive of my relationship, right? So um yeah she she didn't she didn't really say anything like obviously the food that the the food that we eat that sometimes they would get her <laughs> what what uh, kind of weird shit did you make her eat oh my like gosh. like okay I, I just want to put this out there we n- never made her i never made her eat anything she didn't didn't want to eat right <laughs> like I'm, I'm a believer in not making or forcing someone to do something they're not going to do it because but anyways mm-hmm. um yeah so like if she saw us like eating you know um pig feet or pig bone like and then li- tendon ligaments uh what else there's squid like squid i think squid is like pretty certain normal. Type of seafood but yeah tendons uh, pig like, feet. like octo uh, i'd say octopus like tentacles like you, you know geoduck i'm not uh, do you know what yeah, is, it, know is, what is it geoduck or yeah i'm penis, not sure if i'm saying it correctly clam. yeah it's like a penis popping out of clam right <laughs> Everyone like, knows what you're talking about with that description, for sure. It, is it called Geoduck or Geodud? I, I don't know. I, I feel like Geoduck is a Pokemon I have no idea. or something. I have no idea. Yeah, I think that's a Pokemon. <laughs> I think you're talking about Pokemon right now. You know, so like, so like, obviously weird shit like that. Or like, uh, let's say if you go to Dim Sum, you have like chicken feet. like Fire. You know? So good. Yeah. Yeah. So like, with but, but with her, like she was able to slowly transition and try these foods out right mm-hmm. obviously wait still, she like, tried chicken feet yeah she <gasps> tried chicken she feet like it? she it's just i'm trying to remember it I, like I, I don't think she minded it minded it like if, if if it was ordered like she'll eat it but i don't think this is something she'll like order if she had full reins on mm-hmm. the menu right mm-hmm. okay that's uh, cool I an, like that. I another one was another one was escargot you know snail that's french though that that is French. That definitely is French. But uh, yeah, that's something like she. Th- I think she associates more of with Asians to my, to my culture because she would never eat that. Like her parents would never make that, right? I love it. Like with with her parents, like they'd make a lot of Mexican food, which is super delicious. Um, or they'll Mexican you know your delicious your pasta, your steak, and your potatoes. So. Mm-hmm. She, not that much seafood or exposure to different varieties of food, I'd say. Dang. No, that's so cool that um, she's so open-minded and trying all these new things. That You know what? I just thought about something just now. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to me on my podcast. Um, no, so, you know, you're just describing, like, all these differences that you guys have had because you're, uh, you're Asian, she's white. And I'm just thinking, like, the fact that she's open-minded and she's trying these things, it actually makes you, like, love her even more. You know what I mean? Which is something that you wouldn't get if you were dating, like, let's say another Asian girl because you 
you guys are already on the same playing field, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah chicken feet. Like, what's new, right? But yeah, fact, you can say so, right? So the fact that she's trying something new, trying to understand you, um, trying to step foot into this world that she's unfamiliar with, um, with open arms and being so open minded with it, it makes you. It actually, I feel like it probably deepened your relationship a lot more. Uh, pro- it probably did. And I also want to say, mind you, it went both ways, right? So like with me, mm-hmm. I was also introduced to her family, her family gatherings where like everybody gets lit and drunk. And it's like, next, you know, you're having deep <laughs> or wholehearted conversations with like the grandma or like, you know, the uncles, oh, right? So this was something different yeah. with me too, right? So we, right. we it was definitely, um, it, it definitely went both ways. I'll put it that way. And another thing was, um, you know, we, we shared them. We, at, at least at the time we had the same values, right? We, we had the same goals, but, um, now I'm trying to think back to your question and I just totally blank there. Could you repeat what you were asking again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was just saying how like, um, her, uh, interracial couples, the fact that they have to learn more about each other than people of the same race. And the fact that the other, the partner is trying actually makes, it could make the relationship um more more strong i guess um but then conversely i'm just thinking about it now it could actually make the relationship like a lot harder you know i don't even know what my question is (laughs) i i I think yeah no but going back to your question or whatever you're saying there Mm. like no it's true it it could make it it could strengthen the bond or it can even worsen the bond right depending on Mm -hmm. like where you guys are like how the mindset is and how you guys see how people see things right so even for her like too like again i'm really involved in the martial arts community in in our city right so obviously like during chinese new years i'd be performing at like west edmonton mall or like we'll do it at these head heritage festivals like i'll be doing my like my my martial arts acts and you know it's like you see a bunch of asian people then you have like that white girl (laughs) that would be her right so that's something she would have to get used to right and and even for, I guess, me being on my side too, like for her, like she loves, she loves to go camping and whatsoever are doing a lot more redneck stuff. Like to give you an example, like she drove a truck, like a one-ton truck, whereas I drove a sports car and here in Alberta, usually it's the other way around. It's like the guy that drives the truck, whereas like your, your, their females drive like the tiny car. Right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no. So it, it was definitely, I felt that our difference, we were able to acknowledge our differences and just not let it impact us that much, you know, because again, like there's, there's haters wherever you go, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome, Aaron. Well, thank you for sharing that. Like, um, yeah, the, this is just made me think about like interracial dating. Uh, it's, it's not something I talk a lot about on the show. I don't know why I should talk about it more, but I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very like open-minded person, you know, and like very, very liberal. And I think that might be because like, I'm not super Vietnamese. Like I'm, I'm not like, you know, we, we went to elementary school together, right? Aaron, like, was I a cool, like hardcore Viet girl or was I just like a normal person? I I felt that you were very liberal. I wouldn't say normal, like you definitely stood out, but it was like you're you're very free and open minded, right? You didn't. Oh, did I like, stand I, out? How in a good way? Only say good. Like things. at least at least you stood out to me because let's say if like let's say let's say uh, we if we had a classmate that his, if his name was John Smith, if John Smith came up to you, be like, hey Nina, like you're an Asian girl, blah blah blah, and then she'll, he'll start lipping you off. Like 
I felt that you weren't the type, you weren't that person that, that would give a shit, you know? Oh, really? I gave up that persona? I'm so proud of my 11 well, like, so. Yeah, there, there's, the, like, I, at least, like, looking back, like, you had that confidence and you just didn't give a fuck, right? Because, really? like, you, that's, that's, and I think, yeah, like, that's, that's what I can remember. You know what? I'm so glad we have this on tape. I was cool since elementary school, everybody. Um, Now, all of a sudden, I have all this anxiety and depression. Where did it come from? <laughs> I don't get it, <laughs> but but I thank you so much for saying all those nice things about me. Um, no, I was just thinking about like yeah, I always like growing up in Vancouver, and you know like there was that whole Vietnamese scene that was like you're a hardcore Vietnamese girl. Like I remember when I went to our elementary school, like I came in grade six, so I was new, and I remember like when I told people like because they everyone assumed I was Chinese, and then when I told people I was Vietnamese, they all were like oh you're Vietnamese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember the exact moment when my classmates were like, your last name is Vietnamese. <laughs> right. And I was like, Oh my God, what's going on? So I felt like, Oh, is, is this like, this is, this is really weird. So, uh, I, yeah, I was never like cool enough to be like one of those blonde haired, like spandex clothes wearing Vietnamese girls. Uh, so yeah, I consider myself very liberal and uh, I don't know. It is difficult though, because there is a lot more, stuff to overcome when you are uh when you have so many differences you know what i mean oh yeah totally but you, you know what like i don't know it may depend or depend on the person but i think that's pretty cool because it's just more stuff for you to learn right it's <laughs> if, if anything else yeah like you could look at it as people can look at it look at it as like a negative oh like you know she doesn't know how to what if when i say she let's say like i'm referring to my ex-wife mm -hmm. she's like oh she doesn't know what a tea ceremony is but like Obviously, that first time she'll make a fool of herself, but I'll be like, man, that's a fucking awesome story to tell. Yeah, <laughs> you well, know? it's, it's kind of cute, right? It's kind of like endearing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's like even like trying trying out wine. So like the first uh, with her parents, they're like pretty. I don't want to say big drinkers, but they're out, like, like <laughs> they're from Alberta. They, they drink a lot. They, they're from Alberta. People in Alberta drink so much. <laughs> like I don't they, know why they, lo they, they love their alcohol. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, they right? do. <laughs> And it's like, again, like for me, I've, I don't, I've stopped drinking since I was 21, but mm -hmm. even like when I would drink, it would just be beer, right? It wouldn't be like your spirits or your different fancy drinks. Mm -hmm. So anyways, like it was like trying wine out and they're like, Hey, Aaron, why don't, why don't you try out wine? So then like, obviously we're at a restaurant and they, they pour like a tester, tester uh, wine from this tester bottle into like the wine glass but little like idiot me did not know how to actually te test wine right so i just chugged the whole thing down mm -hmm. but instead uh, what you're supposed to do is apparently you're supposed to sip it let it like rinse in your mouth and then spit it back out right but i just i just chugged chugged the whole glass down and i'm like yep yeah, this tastes good i think you, you know like, like that's water. another embarrassing <laughs> yeah i drank that shit like water right so that was like another like at the time like i didn't know but apparently like you know, it was a funny moment, right? It just depends mm -hmm. on how one would look at things. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Like, even, even like, I'll even tell you guys about my sister. Like, my sister right now, she's dating a black guy, right? I love it. Awesome. Nice. Like, he's like six, seven, like, oh my God. super sweet guy. Like, you know, you're, he's, he's got that build and, you know, like a lot of people may find it intim intimidating, but like, fuck, it's like, again, it's going back to race. Like, why are we letting race like define, define what, who a person is. Right. But like, this guy's like the sweetest guy. And, you know, I get along with them. I play basketball with them. And, and I even asked her, cause like, it's not the first black guy she's dated. Right. <laughs> like, 
I, I've asked her in the past too, like, so why, why, like, do you have like an attraction for black guys? Just out of curiosity and just putting that out there. I got, I got, I, I got smacked in the face for saying that. <laughs> well, not from her, but from obviously my ex-spouse at the time. Oh, right. Snap. But, but she also, she mentioned this though. She's like, no, not really. But it came to the point where, you know, only the black guys had the balls to ask me out. Mm. You know, yes. so like yes, and that's something like it goes back to Asian guys being seen as like these guys that don't go for things, right? And a lot of Asian girls will be like, "I want to date Asian guys, but Asian guys don't ask me out." That's why I date white guys and black guys because they're the only ones that approach me. A lot. I hear a lot of Asian women say that too. Yeah, and now, now I guess kind of going on to this, I'm not sure if if this is a thing, but it kind of. I'm just in my mind, it's kind of stirring up the pot and I'm thinking, is there a possibility that maybe the the Asian, a lot of the Asian mentality for a lot of males is that, hey, we have a right to Asian girls, but, you know, like it's like they have that thought or that mindset in a sense. So they feel that they don't have to try or they don't have to grow a pair of balls to go ask them out. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I don't know. It's tough because like I, because my, I, yeah, I, I also have a younger sibling, um, my younger brother, who he's because uh, I grew up in a like half my life in a very white area. My younger brother has literally only dated white girls. You know what I mean? And he's had no problem getting white girls like he doesn't see it as anything like whatever. Like he's not like, oh, I'm an Asian guy that has a white girl. He just looks around and it's like, yeah, there's like literally no choice, you know, so um yeah so my brother is pretty confident in himself whatever so i don't think i don't know if it's a race thing but i think it's a perception thing and but then that could also be because my family's quite liberal right like yeah uh, yeah we're not very traditional um in any sense of the word i would say so yeah oh I, totally I don't, I don't know huh and and let me ask like let me ask like your listeners this like like uh what like why don't you write down the qualities of you know who who you want or what you want in your wife like and i don't want i want i when i say qualities i like don't put down white i want my wife to be white and black, you know <laughs> yeah, like yellow or brown like i mean like what what qualities do you desire whether if it's like loyalty respectful you know um promise keeping fuck man i just promise keeping <laughs> promise <yep>. keeping <laughs> like i'm just like fuck <laughs> Like, I can't think at the moment, <laughs> but uh, you, you know what I mean, right? Like, if you want to say beautiful, healthy, fit, you know, be interested in mm. um, or having purpose or have passion for, let's say, maybe mugs or coffee, like, you know, write, write that shit down, right? Like, write that stuff down and ask yourself, what do I got to do? Or who, how do I have to, how, what do I have to do to better myself to, to meet someone like that, right? And when you... When you look at that, once you get that to, to that point, like, and you do meet a girl like that, like, ask yourself, is race going to be a thing? Like, is race is going to, is race going to hinder you? Let's say if you find a girl exactly like that, that nails on to, to like 90% of the qualities that you want, are you going to let race get in the way? You? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... That's that's interesting. I, I this is a very errant answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every time I talk to you, it's like mindset, which I think are all very great things. It's a very like life coach kind of approach to things. Uh, where was I going with this? Um, we talk about Asian guys. Oh, uh, uh, okay, right. Okay, yes. So I was re- I saw something online the other day, and it said like um, the number one key 
uh, measure, I guess, of a couple's longevity, like the couple lasting forever, I guess you can say. Um, So the number one measure for that is not like loyalty or like um, attractiveness or intelligence or chemistry. Actually, it's none of those things. Can you guess what it is? I think I'll probably say purpose or mission or mission or like, you know, your values. That's what I would assume. Okay, interesting. Um, So what the study found was that the number one uh, measure or trait that they found for a couple lasting a long time is one person's um, thought that the other person is committed to them. So so it's not if they are committed, but if the other person thinks that they are committed and that, oh man, I've been out of university for so long. I don't even know what the words are anymore, but um, yeah, it's so if, so if you, if, so if you think your partner is very committed to you, that is a key indicator that you will last long usually. Does that make sense? Oh, I, yeah, I can, I can actually see that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think instead of like, I think everyone's going around being like, I want someone who's loyal or someone I can talk to or someone who likes hiking or whatever. Um, I think the important thing is just to find someone that you think will actually stay committed to you. And if you really believe that, I think it can last. I think we, I think a lot of humans spend all this time in our heads, heads creating this like long list of like all these traits or whatever but um it seems like the science (laughs) is saying that your belief that your partner is committed to you is actually the number one factor in you uh lasting in your relationship because if you think like your partner is cheating on you or if you can't trust them like man why are you even in a relationship right oh yeah and then you have those negative thoughts that start stirring up even more and you know you're mixing you know it's just it's like a fucking taking time ball (laughs) exactly exactly um i don't this episode was so add and so random i don't even know but aaron thank you so much for coming on my podcast i I actually want to steal one thing that you do on your podcast and i'm only gonna do it for this episode because you're here is uh do you have any books that you would recommend to any of my listeners i don't know if my listeners read i don't really read i read sometimes but um if you could recommend any book what would you recommend yeah, I read. <laughs> um, obviously, I guess with the topic of like what this episode would talk about, at least my r- relationships and uh, my experience with them. I would probably say one book that is uh, relatable would be this book called The Five Love Languages. And it's by this pastor named Gary Chapman, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's called The Five Love Languages. And this 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 book is very fascinating because it dives into you know the the different love languages that people have so for example like one one person may find that the receiving of gifts to them is a sign of love Mm -hmm. right or a language of love whereas another person may feel that spending quality time with someone else that's what someone they love would be a sign or would be their love language versus a you know, someone that's using words of affirmation, right? So I found that this book was very eye-opening. Um, it's it's not rocket science, but it's 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 a good read because you know what? Not only like this book would you know would make the reader reflect upon themselves to make themselves wonder. Okay, so what's my love language, right? And then let's say let's say if you even if you're single, you you'd ask what's my love language, but 
if you're not single, you'd probably ask them the next question, which would be, okay, what's my other half's love language, right? You'd, you'd want, I, at least I feel that if you were a con- considerate uh, partner with the other, that you would ask this question and you'd want to find out more. So uh, yeah, this book definitely dives into like the different love languages there are. Um, Name if, them. I, Name all five. <laughs> that's that's challenging. Is it? Uh, <laughs> Well, it's 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 not that challenging, but like I, I'm not sure if I can name them off the top of my head. Yeah, you can. I'm being honest you. with you. There's like quality time. Mm-hmm. There's like gifts, words of affirmation. There's f- sense of t- or physical touch, mm-hmm. and I'm missing one more. Oh, what is it? Obviously, that last one is not like is like number <laughs> five on my list, right? Because <laughs> that's not something I. I care about oh man <clears throat> i can't remember either i used to know these you know um it's funny uh 11 years ago a long time ago once upon a time uh what i went to i was gonna board a plane to go to asia for the first time oh not the first time but like after graduate graduating high school and my two oldest my two older brothers dropped me off at the airport and you know like they, they never talk to me about like, oh, they're never like, oh, I love you, little sister, or anything like that. They just like buy me shit and like ignore me. And so when they drove me to the, I, I think they thought I was going to die because I was like 18 and like going to Asia by myself for the first time. <laughs> uh, and so one of my older brothers actually bought me that book that you mentioned, The Five Love Languages. And yeah, um, yeah so I, I knew about this book like 11 years ago. And it's so funny because like now as an adult, because I remember like seeing the book and just being like, Ugh. and then i like gave it to someone you know someone random i didn't even know when i was in asia i was like you read this i don't need this book um but now the love languages are so popular like i feel like almost everyone i know um knows about them so i think it's really okay. cool that it's, yeah. it's really mainstream now and then like i'm like i had to download the pdf because i threw away the real book like over a decade ago but looking oh, back <laughs> looking back i was like oh i think that was my older brother saying i love you to me without actually saying it right yeah right yeah, yeah. it is I, I personally think it is and you know what like going back to it i actually have all five because i had to google this shit and it was like getting on my mind okay right? yeah what is it let me know so there's, there's words of affirmation there's quality time there's giving gifts there's acts of service which is the one acts of service you know that's and my then number there's one how did touch. i forget that okay okay i know right mm-hmm. i know and and you know what like even just I wouldn't just say this is just for intimate relationships too. Like let's say if you're in the job for in like the work field, you know, you want to have good relationships with like your coworkers or maybe your boss or maybe you're a boss and you're trying to manage a good team. Like these are off like really nice ways and indicators to, you know, to how to manage and deal with people. I'm not saying you got to seduce and do all that stuff with everyone you, you know, interact with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally. I think that's a great book recommendation if people haven't heard of it. Um, it's also a great tool to kind of navigate your romantic relationship, even your platonic, any sort of ships you have in your life. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's a great resource. And I think um, the earlier on you can find this, you can help, like, help you understand your partner better as well. So, yeah, Aaron, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, do you want to plug your podcast? Oh, yeah, sure. So I have a podcast. It's called the First Generations Podcast. Uh, you can find it on Apple, at the Apple stores. Spotify, iTunes. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. But yeah, I have this podcast. And essentially, like, I interview people about their stories. And, you know, we dive into, like, their life stories and how they 
these these guests have paved their own path and definition of success on their own terms. So if you find that interesting and you you find uh, listening to my monotone voice to be interesting, then you know what? <laughs> hit hit up hit up my download numbers. I love it. If you want to hear more of Aaron's self-deprecation, head over to First Generations Podcast. Oh my god, that was so good. Thank you, Aaron, so much for being on the podcast. I will see everyone on the next episode. Bye. Pass, pass, pass the poutine.